0: Welcome to The Seed on the Air, a podcast of The Seed Church in Wichita, Kansas. This is Ryan McCoskey, your host and pastor of The Seed. And I am very excited for the special guests we have today. We have a couple of church planters from Oklahoma City, Chad Puckett and Scott Campbell. And we have a pastor at Frontline Church in Oklahoma City, Jeff Nine. Welcome, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, good to be here. I'm waving at all of you listening. So guys, I am really excited to have this podcast going. In fact, I want to give you guys some history. This is the first time in our podcast we've ever had 4 people on the line at once. Wow. That,
1: that's special. That's special. Yeah.
0: How how like uh, privileged do you guys feel that you get to be the first the first ones to do this? It's pretty big time. It's like a, a- it's a free-for-all at the roller skating rink where everyone's
2: just going.
1: I just feel a little bit bad because it's only the second podcast I've ever been on. And to already have that privilege this early mm. in the game just kind of spoils everything from here on it's out. It's a really so big I deal. I might just retire from yep. uh, podcasting.
0: You right. should. You should pull a tiki barber and get out and start <laughs> sports commentating when you can.
1: Hey, if I can get a gig like that, well, I'd do it.
0: <laughs> so, guys, let's introduce you here for a moment so folks get a sense of who you are uh, can kind of hear the voices as we talk and know like, Oh yeah, that's Chad. That's Scott. That's Jeff. So you're to my right here, Chad. How about you just take a moment, brother, introduce yourself, who you are. And, um, uh, yeah, man, just run with that.
2: I'm Chad Puckett. I'm from Oklahoma city. I'm a church planter in the city and we are about to step out from the church. We've been planting and plant again.
3: That's awesome. Next Scott. Yeah, my name is Scott Campbell, also from Oklahoma City. We uh, planted Christ Central Church two years ago, and I'm serving there as the lead pastor. Very good. And then Mr. Jeff Nine, man.
1: Yeah, Jeff Nine, uh, pastor for church planting and strengthening at Frontline Church. And and what I've loved is getting to know these guys because uh, Frontline is a church. We, we're we a church plant from 13 years ago, and we're committed to continue to, to try to help plant churches. And these guys have both gone through our church planting residency that I get a chance to, Very to cool. oversee and lead. And so it's been fun to watch them go through that process and then plant and see what God's doing through their ministry since then. So it's been fun. Love it.
0: So uh, guys, you're here in Wichita today at the Seed Church in this beautiful auditorium, hanging out Very together. Beautiful. I'm so glad you guys got to see the building. We're proud of our building here after all that work. Yeah. So thank you That's for all awesome. your kind comments. I love it. Amazing. Really appreciate it. So uh, guys, let's talk about for a bit, like we're going to, of course, give this to all of our friends here at the Seed. Maybe you guys will share this from where you come from just to share and encourage your mm-hmm. church. But, yep. um, you know, like, As a local church, you've always got lights to keep on, fires to put out, people to serve, things to do in your own space, right? And so we're called to be faithful in those spaces. But behind the scenes, we're working together for bigger kingdom purposes, right? We're serving our churches Mm -hmm. and loving each other. Um, And so I kind of want this podcast to let people come in behind the scenes and see what it looks like for leaders of local churches to come together for the trans-local movement of God, right, in a region. Um, so just kind of talk about why we're here today, what we're doing here in Wichita and just the significance of that as a team. So I want to jump and tackle that one. Yeah, we're here.
2: I'm Chad and we're here basically trying to follow up on my assessment process with Acts 29 and what that looks like moving forward. I think one of the beautiful things is we have three churches that we brought here to the seed and it is just this picture of churches loving and supporting one another, not just moving to our silo and doing it all by ourselves. It's it's fun and it's beautiful. It's encouraging.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it, it brings us to the, the reason that networks exist is because we, we recognize that just as individual members, or individual Christians uh, can't do life on their own, or shouldn't be doing life on their own. That the, the that the scriptures call us to work as a body and work together. Mm. Like that 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 involves churches as well. It's not churches over you know completely autonomous, completely disconnected. No, actually, churches bring strengths and weaknesses to the table and are able to help and partner with other churches because the kingdom of God is advancing because God is on His th- or Jesus is on His throne. Mm. And so it's it's fun seeing that the way that God's working in a city and working through the local church and no one church does that alone. So being a part of, of this network is is massive for um, us really being able to engage our context better.
0: That's really good. That's really good. Did you say something, Chad?
2: Yeah, it seems like that's the model, though. Churches just do this on their own. And what we're trying to step into and learn is how do we walk as brothers? How do we walk these churches as, as really deeply caring for one another? It's hard to figure out and yet, worth it every step of the way.
0: You know, that's one thing. You made me think of something there when you said that, Chad, like our region of Acts 29, it's called the Heartland region. For those of you who don't know, it is Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. One things we talked about is that you can get in a room and talk about like strategy and collaborating to raise money and find leaders all day. But if you want to plant churches with other pastors, you have to actually trust them relationally. Yeah. Right, You you can't just get in a room and talk all day long about, hey, here's this cool new strategy, this cool new book. Let's raise some money and give it to this guy and do that because there's still this question of, uh, can I trust this guy? Are we really on the same team? Are we going the same way? I feel like Acts 29 has fought so hard in our region to create that. Mm -hmm. Let's take a moment and just talk about, uh, Chad, you are just finishing your assessment to become a full member of Acts 29. Jeff, you're on staff as a pastor at an A29 church. What's that been like just to be a part of it? And Scott, you as well, man, you, you went through the residency at Frontline in A29 church. Speak into like what it's been like to be a part of just a region that wants to care about deep communion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what you talk about is it takes that kind of intentionality in the same way that all of our relationships do. So if I'm a community group leader uh, in a neighborhood, it takes intentionality for me to engage the people that I'm that I'm doing life with. It takes intentionality to engage neighbors, and it takes intentionality to for us to function together as the body of Christ. And it's the same thing with a network or a collection of churches. Like this just doesn't just happen. It takes intentionality of of people pressing towards each other to get to know each other. Uh, and and so what I think that when when we see what's happening specifically in and heartland you find a lot of the task of church planning is so difficult there's so many things that you're facing so many challenges so many uh, encouraging points and just so many discouragements along the way that it's it's not something you come through without bruising bruising some knees and, mm. and breaking or busting some knuckles like it it's it's a work that is hard and um it can be really isolating and so the beauty about a network like x 9 is to go, you're not alone in that process. You're, you're in relationship with and connected to people that are in a similar similar vein, have similar experiences that can pray with you, can, can talk to you, can coach you. Hey, I've been there. Hey, I know what that's like. Or well, maybe I don't know what that's like, uh, but that sounds hard and you're not alone. And I think that really, with ministry, the whole reason we tell people in our church to be connected to the body is because we knew that that life can't happen alone. And for pastors, mm-hmm. uh, there is a unique way in which they need to be connected to other pastors so that they're not actually alone on that task. And so I love what's happening in Acts one nine, but it's t- it's a it's a fight for us to continue to build those relationships.
0: That's great, Scott or Chad. You guys want to speak to that at all?
3: Yeah, I just think it's uh, having planted the church for two and a half years or so now. I just think it's the. The attractive thing about a network of churches coming together is that I know, especially like you were saying, the relational depth that can be there is what like I'm drawn to. Like I want to be a part of a network of guys that I know they have my back and that they care about me, not for what I can produce, but for who I am and, and what God's called me to do in this season. And so I want to know that I have guys who are uh, who are supporting me in that, who churches who are supporting our church in that, because, yeah, like Jeff, you said, it's, it's difficult and you need that. And so that's the thing for me that I look for in, in wanting to be a part of this network is specifically just the, the brotherhood, knowing that there's churches who want to support our church. We're not in this by ourselves. And the, the waves that you ride as a young church that we're not we're not just by ourselves in that.
2: I'm an only child, so I have no concept of brotherhood and what that looks like. I've got some jacked up feelings on all of those things. But but the idea that we're just a collection of people sells what Acts 29 is short. It is, it's more than just, hey, we're glad to be here. We're glad hanging out. There's a sharpening that's a part of it, this assessment process is it pushes on you. It pushes on your weak spots. It, mm. it tells you things that maybe people wouldn't tell you in their normal circumstances. And that is actually beautiful for us. We need to hear these things. And we need brothers who will lovingly step in and say, you know what, you're not quite as great as you think you are, and yet you're <laughs> someone that God's working in in some ways too. It's huge It's beautiful.
0: Life. So Chad, people here at the Sea Church, they'll hear me often tell them about, hey, I'm going on this trip for a church planter assessment. I'm gonna go assess a guy, pray for me as I go and meet a guy and his wife and feel it. And so it's really cool, I think for the church to have you guys here because Chad, I got to be your lead assessor, bro, which is such a privilege to have you next to me and to work today on finalizing that assessment report. And to bring you in as a full member is just really satisfying to me, man. Um, So talk about that. Like what just help our church who hears stories of me going and doing it. Like what, What does that look like from a guy being in the driver's seat of being assessed?
2: So just over a year ago, I went through the assessment process in Fort Worth. You were our lead assessor. My wife and I felt very loved. We had gone through some assessment process through other organizations. And and her comment was, at no point did I feel valued or built up in that. Leaving our time with Acts 29 and particularly with you and the gang that was leading our assessment was just very loved. It was one of value. It was one of fellowship. It was one of encouragement. And and I've mentioned this to you privately, but I'll say it to your church as well, is is that you have a gift of, of caring for us, listening, and, and actually speaking life into it. So mm. we
0: were so blessed and continued to be
2: blessed by it.
0: That's wonderful, man. Praise Christ for that. Mm-hmm. So, guys, uh, another cool reality here today is, Scott, you are at Christ Central, right? Correct. And you're going to yes. continue faithfully pastoring, growing, and leading this church. But currently, you and Chad are on the same staff team, yeah. right? You're yes. working together.
1: Yes.
0: And there's a beautiful story that God's playing out of Chad being sent out to go start a new campus for Frontline, and you're going to faithfully stay on the ground and lead and grow this, right? Yes. So I think it'd be great for our church being a church that cares about church planting and multiplication and sending out maybe your churches as well too talk about some of that with us here in this podcast of just the journey of walking through some of that and specifically this like talk about your relationship in the midst of this our relationship with yep. each
3: other yeah yep yeah so i went through the church planting residency i think i finished that in 2016 yeah the summer of 2016 and then chad you started august of 2016 the mm-hmm. church planting residency and so we had we planted our church that fall of 2016 so basically we were a year into our church plant when chad finished up his residency and started to plant his church and a few months in we were meeting together and having conversations just about where our churches were what was going on what we were fighting for and as we talked about it we began to see like man our hearts are very aligned in what we're going for and so we began to meet regularly meet monthly talk about where we're at where our churches are at and it just seemed to be like man is there something here about like what you're praying for and what i'm praying for is the lord bringing us together as kind of an answer to those prayers and so we began talking about that for a few months and praying towards it and it just seemed like the lord was answering our our prayer request and saying hey i want you guys to come together so we were two small church plants very young we were a year and a half in you were six months in i think and we came together And, uh, it took us about six months to merge the two churches, but it's been a really beautiful thing to see how the Lord has had these two different churches come together as one and unite for a single goal and mission. It has been
2: remarkable just to see these churches come. Certainly there are rocky spots and and you have human beings involved in all this, but, but it it really feels like the Lord's hand has been in all of that. So there are moments that we're coming to as I step out, as my family steps out where you're like, man, do I really believe that sending is central to who we're supposed to be? Mm. That stinks. It's, it's hard. It's painful. We grieve and are emotional about stepping away from this plant and this church and these people that we love. And yet there's this convictional piece as well. It says sending is so much about who this church needs to be that we have to, we have to do
3: this. Yeah. And the heart of it, you know, when we boil it down, it's like, we want to see people's lives transformed by the gospel. Yeah. And what's the way that we can most effectively do that. And so, you know, earlier on this year, when we merged, we felt like the Lord was saying the way that you can most effectively do this is by you guys coming together as one church. And now I think the Lord has kind of shifted that. And now it's the most effective way we can, See more people transformed by the gospel is by sending Chad out to plant a new church.
1: And yet the beauty comes back to what we were talking a while ago about network is that we still get to stay together in yeah. a relationship. We still get to stay together in terms of like our churches are connected and our churches – and we want to keep striving for that. And is it perfect? No. Does it take a lot of work? Yes. But there's a beauty in the fact that even though there's a goodbye in this, it's not a – you know, forever kind of goodbye. It's like, mm. man, I'll see you next Tuesday when we get together and we talk about what God's doing in our midst in the city and how we can partner together for ministry. Yeah. So it's fun to see that that partnership transcend just a local church, but it also strengthens those local churches.
2: Yep. Yeah, in Acts 20, we see Paul leaving and and they realize they're never going to see him again. I feel the, some the of that. The Ephesian elders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel some of that. In, yet I know I'm going to see these people again and I know I get to, and I feel like that is grace, It is is wonderful, and our love and hopefully serving of Christ Central will continue just from a different capacity.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and the key question, again, I go back to is, what are we willing to do to see the gospel go forward? Are we willing to lay down our own preferences? Are we willing to lay down our own dreams or goals or ideas of what church is supposed to look like to see the gospel move forward in in, in our city and people's lives? And that's going to take on different shapes like it has in just our two years as a church it's taken on so many different forms of how that's played out are we willing to do what the lord calls us to do to see people's lives transform
0: yeah Yeah, that's wonderful
3: one thing that just
2: gets lost in merging churches is is he had to lay down aspects for us to come in and for for me to step into this and the same is true here of just saying That that trust piece that you brought up earlier is like, man, I've got to trust this guy. I've got to trust him with these people that we've been shepherding.
0: And we believe, Lord, that it is better together than it is separate. Hmm. So, yeah, if let's say someone, guys, comes across this podcast who's just used to normal Midwest church culture. Right. And so if you're used to that, what you see is, uh, you know, every church has its own kind of brand or its own feel. And if a church like extends its presence, it's generally not through sending out someone to just start a whole new thing. But maybe it's like a only like maybe another campus across town with the same brand name and the same feel, and that's as far as it goes. With perhaps never any aim, Mm -hmm. we want to actually raise up leaders who could step away from the mothership and just do their own thing. So because this is kind of foreign to Midwest church culture, that we would get together and say, hey, we want to be for each other in radically different places. Where are we getting this from the Bible? Like how we theologically root our focus as pastors that we actually want to be for each other as local churches, but we're not connected by brand, we're not connected by leadership, by money, we're just freely giving money, no strings attached. Yeah. Here you yeah. go, go do this. Where are we getting this from Scripture?
1: Well, I mean, theologically, you've got it coming from um, the sense of the the formation of the Christ or the the formation of the church is the the body of uh, of Christ on the earth, and that's one body. Mm. So, I mean, just before you go anywhere you have to start with the fact that that he ha- he doesn't have multiple bodies spread out but we are one and you know when i when i go back to john 17 and i just i'm continually caught off guard every single time i read this passage when jesus is praying right before he's to go to the cross and he says i, I pray that they would be one so that the world might know that you sent me and i'm like what in the world hmm. in other words the unity matters that much that, that there, there's something tied to the way that the church displays unity that actually is an apologetic for the gospel. And so once, if we don't start there, we're never going to get to where I think what it looks like to be cooperating because unity in that sense means a laying down of my own identity to, to be connected to the larger whole. So, so you start there and then you start seeing the way in which this works out in acts primarily, but also through often some of Paul's teachings in, in the epistles in which you see, Um, you, you see the, the Antioch church sending out their very best to go plant churches and then Paul and Barnabas come back around and, and then you got Paul and Silas over here and they're sending, they're sending Timothy, um, uh, to, to this church to raise up elders. And you just, you don't see anybody in one of these churches in Galatia just going, Hey, we're going to, we're going to work for the good of Galatia and the rest of you are on your own you just don't see that model. Yeah. You see a lot of cross pollination. You see a lot of, uh, of serving one another. And so when you take that theology and apply it now to the current context is you see, what does it look like for us to be unified on the mission of God that, that he has placed that, that he has uh, called us to participate with him in our context. And that just means like frontline church is not able to reach everybody in Oklahoma city and Christ central is not able to, to reach everybody in oklahoma city and the well church and mustangs not able to reach everybody in oklahoma city metro so what does it look like for us to partner together because christ is the one who's building his church and if we're going to work together and that unity is seen that becomes an apologetic of the gospel and it is us functioning as a body in a larger sense and so it's just there's a lot of fruit that can come out of that
0: that's really good what about you guys chad sky any thoughts you have on that i mean jeff's had a wonderful answer but i mean jump in if you
3: guys want yeah, like Jeff said, unity is, is important. And I think of my mind goes to Ephesians chapter four, where it seems like the first six verses, he's talking about the oneness of the body. Yeah. And then verses seven through 16, he begins to talk about the diversity of gifts in the body and how he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the yeah. work of ministry. And so I think if our mission is to make disciples and God's given these gifts in the body to equip the rest of the body, for the work of ministry, then I think that's what we're ultimately saying is this is important: multiplying churches, multiplying disciples is important, and He's given gifts through our unity and diversity to uh, to equip one another to do the work of ministry that God's called us to do, and that means making and multiplying disciples and churches. This is totally countercultural for the Midwest, for Bible yeah, right. Bible saturated or,
2: or church saturated Midwest. Is, is completely countercultural to this. And yet every, everybody in these neighborhoods out here gets the same mailers. They've seen all the services. They've seen, they've seen all the light shows and all the, the things that we can pretty up our, our services. What they have not seen enough of are churches loving and walking and saying, I'll lay down my life for you.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So this is really good. Let's nuance this now. Right. So we just laid something down as a really good principle unity. But it's funny to say that because we're in a network called Acts 29. That's kind of a boutique network where you have to come in and be assessed yeah. under a very rigorous assessment process yes. to enter the network. I that. Very rigorous. <laughs> Chad I affirm affirms that. it. Really rigorous. And and if you don't get in, it doesn't mean you don't say, Hey, we can still say, we love you. We care for you. We're in the same yeah. family, but we're going to run with folks more closely and brotherhood have gone through assessment. So, I just want to make sure if someone's hearing this podcast, like they clearly hear us like lay this baseline of unity in Christ and the church to yeah. show the gospel, right. but let's nuance this here in process. Why does it also matter that we have distinctives and clarity on who we are and what we're about? Just so someone gets a feel for what, what is Acts 29? If someone's kind of asking a question about that, that's a tough stab. Someone want to take a stab at that?
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean I, I and there's a there's a there's a lot of different directions I could go and I don't I don't trying to find one that that's less than 45 minutes long to try to unpack is yep. tough because there's there are so many things tied up in that because w- what it can look like is it can look like I think what we can often start to do in our culture is we equate unity with uniformity. Mm. And I think that's a really dangerous thing because there's actually something about bringing the diversity to conversations that actually helps each of us get better. So let's just let's actually reduce this down to a community group level for just a second. In a community group, if everybody does the same things well and and everybody is really good at say cooking meals, but no one knows how to organize, like when are we going to gather, and no one knows how to prepare. A, a a room and a space for people to gather, and no one's really good at teaching and stuff like that. Then what what's happening at community group? Like, there's actually beauty. Uh, there's unity because there's actually a diversity of giftings in there. So mm. now if you take that and, and unpack that and pull that out to churches, like there are certain churches that have certain kinds of strengths in certain areas. There are other churches that have strengths in other areas, in different areas. And it's actually in that diversity, they get to challenge each other and encourage each other. On the way up here, we were, we were in the, in the car talking through that Ephesians four passage Cheated. and we were having, it was Cheated a great, debate. it was a great conversation <laughs> about some pretty nuanced understanding of what those gifts are and what they're not. But what was interesting is we found ourselves not exactly in the same Spot, but as we pushed on each other, it actually helped uh, each of us start asking yeah. questions. We'll of, did I miss something when I read that before? When I was doing, you know, it, it, is my exegesis on that passage actually really helpful or really good or really robust or not? Or and it, and it forces us through the differences and through the conversations. Actually, all of us get better. So now you pull that out to larger, larger scale and you, you start talking movements and there are certain movements that are really, really, really good on the Bible. And they're really weak on what it means for the Holy Spirit to work through the churches Wow. and vice versa. Now you've got other denominations that man, they love the Holy Spirit, but they don't spend a lot of time in the word. And I think there's some beauty when those networks and those, in those movements start interacting that they start, uh, if, if we're approaching this through a lens of unity, mm-hmm. we're not going to become uniform. And, and exactly the same. But we are going to push each other and begin to challenge each other. And so XY9 has made some, sp- some specific commitments that we really think are valuable. But it's in interaction even with other networks and other movements that we can get refined. Mm. And so and it enables us to really work together uh, in, in efficient ways as as a, as a network.
2: So I think it's that working together piece. There's a the assessment and the common, the gospel clarity of... Acts 29 actually gives a foundation for us to partner and work together. It just helps. It helps to know those things that I know if I get this person in California at this church, that we have a commonality, a shared foundation that we're building off of.
0: There is something about that. If we all open the Bible right now and read some passages, we would all read the Bible the same way. Right, right. We, exactly. I mean, yeah. some passages like clear yeah. doctrinal, because 89 is yeah. a strong yeah. doctrinal That's network, right. we would read yeah. it and we would say, Hey, we, we all see this same thing together, which then allows the diversity yeah. around gifting and strengths to really thrive yeah. because we see it. Man, I, I trust you. I can yeah. see that you're seeing uh-huh. these clear things in scripture that Jesus really lays out a significant doctrines, right? For yeah. being a believer.
1: Yeah, but the important thing in that is to be able to own a particular kind of alignment to a network, which is a really, really, really valuable thing. Mm. But also not that let that then drive to a division with other with other groups that are not lined up. Yeah. So I've got good friends who are pastors in movements, and they wouldn't agree with some of the theological distinctives of Acts one nine. Right. And yet I'm not going to disparage their ministry. I'm going to do mm. everything I can to bless and encourage them because the beauty is that God's going to be working through that church as well. Amen. And and through our interaction, I may we may we may continue to have some some conversation and there may be certain kinds of partnerships we don't do, but I am for that. I'm for that brother. I'm for that sister in, in a way. Yeah, and because
2: so, it's not about our church winning. It's right. about God's
0: glory going to this city or this area. Yeah. yeah. That's really beautiful. So guys, um, let's kind of uh, move toward landing the plane this way. So we're all pastors in different contexts, and I think one of the, some of the things we do as is, is guys um, leading is we help to carry burdens for others, we think about leading and strategically planning churches and moving networks forward. All good conversation. But here around this table doing a podcast, we're also just men. Yeah, We're just dudes enjoying friendship and talking. So uh, in the context you're in, how about each of you individually talk about what are some challenges in the space that you're in right now, in your job, whatever that is, and just kind of let some people into what it's like just to be you for a moment as a person. That way listeners can pray for you. They can kind of get a sense of what ministry looks like in that space. And so whatever you're comfortable willing to share, just like share a couple of things.
2: I, I am having to eat my own cooking on some stuff right now and that we've we've banged this drum about sending and going and saying we're going to follow God wherever he leads. And now we're having to step out of this church that we've planted and, mm. and these people that we've walked with. Now we're having to feel that of like, yes, God, yes. it's I always joke that I, I would love to go skydiving, but there's not a plane out there. If there was a plane, I might have a lot more questions. <laughs> yeah. right? And I feel right now with where we're at in church planning, there is a plane out there, and I'm having all this like, oh, how do we say goodbye to these people? How do we love them? How do we serve them? How do we model this for them? So it is I have three daughters. It's highly emotional around the Pucket house at this point. <laughs> Yeah, brother. What are what are the ages of those girls again? 17, 15, and 12.
0: Oh, sweet lord. Yeah.
2: Pray for this man. Yeah, and you, <laughs> there are some unspoken prayer requests too because of their ages <laughs> and this hospital dogs.
0: Man, I'll oh. tell you what though. I met your wife for the assessment thing and Chad, I I, I love you and your wife, man. Good to get Thank to you. know you. God's doing a lot of good stuff in in you and her and your family. She's a saint. (laughs) Am I getting brownie points right now, Cindy? You hear me, Cindy? I am singing your praise.
3: (laughs) Scott, what about you, brother? I think one of the things we've been talking about recently as a church, and I think it applies to us, is we're trying to figure out it's this whole Ephesians four conversation. But how do we see the the body, the church body, engaged in the work of ministry? Where it's not just a few people on a stage who who are considered to be the ones doing the work of ministry. Wow! But how do we how do we equip and train one another to do the work of ministry? And that's uh, a difficult thing because that talking about how people perceive church in the Midwest, it's it's an experience. It's something you do on Sundays, and it's the it's very much the church gathered. But what about the church scattered? And what about the church equipped to to be the body of Christ? And so that's one of the challenges we're trying to figure out is uh, what does it look like for us as a church to, to not just rally around a few people's giftings, but to really rally around one another's giftings and to where the, the community around us begins to see the a picture of the body of Christ that is balanced, that where you see all the gifts at play, where you see all the people engaged. And that's a difficult thing because... Uh, if I'm being honest in my experience, I haven't been a part of a church that's been like that. Wow. Yeah. So uh, walking that out, we we there's not really a blueprint necessarily. So we're just trying to, uh, trying to apply what Scripture says in our context and trying to be faithful to what the Scriptures say, and that's difficult. And it affects each one of us. It affects me as the the leader trying to equip people in this. It, it affects the people in our in our congregation rising up and using their gifts to to be the church for one another and for the community and i think that's something we as a church has to really fight for or i don't think it'll happen we'll we'll rest in the gifts of the few who are seen and not actually paint a beautiful picture of the body of christ that it's supposed to be
0: Dude, I love you said that. I just want to put an interjecting note here. I think as churches, it's so easy for times to have like statements of faith and mission statements. Mm -hmm. We have a stated direction, but we don't ever actually slow down and process. How do we make this a functional reality and not just say it? Because Mm -hmm. it's what you're supposed to say to help people understand your church, right? Like you say all day long, man, we believe in making disciples and equipping people for ministry. Sweet. That's awesome. Okay. So like what, what's that mean? Yeah. Like functionally, how yeah. does that happen? Like that's a space I think is really easy just to sort of ring all the right bells. But I love that you're saying that, Scott, because I think all of us could sit in that space and say, yes, like we right. could all say, we, we actually don't
3: see many churches that know how to do this right. either. Right, right. Yeah. And the, the important thing is it's, it's not just a conversation for us at this table. It's a, con- it's a conversation for all the people in your church. Yeah. It's a conversation for all the people in our church. What does it look like for me to use my giftings to equip the saints for the work of ministry what's it look like for the body of christ to utilize their gifts to do the work of ministry and i think we all have to figure that out together i think that's the whole point ephesians 4 is not written to individuals it's written to the church Hmm. it's it's to figure it out like you as the body of christ this is what you're supposed to be and 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 the difficulties are many yeah, Dude, we you, have to own that. Scott just <laughs> wrote a sermon for Sunday, bro. Like he just preached a
0: mini sermon. <laughs> right. There. On the way home, you just make some notes and you're done. Sorry, Chad, jump back in. No,
2: we just have to own that this is, this, we don't know how to do this. We haven't seen it modeled, we've never seen it, just like you said. And, and yet, it is essential for our people to not just watch a couple people on stage, but to be the body
1: functioning together.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Well, and that that really kind of comes to what I'm thinking about from from our standpoint. So at Frontline, we're. Uh, I, I think there's been fa- seasons and so I've been there for seven of the 13 years but over that I've seen seasons where I think either uh, we do a really good job on engaging the city and doing evangelism but then we do a really bad job of going deep in discipleship or actually caring for our members and then, then we're like oh you see the fire burning over here so you run over there and you try to fix your discipleship program and and your care is still lagging behind but, but all of a sudden your mission begins to wane and then you shift and it's like it's hard to keep firing on all those cylinders and 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 it's like the same way I feel as a believer. Like there's certain times where it's like, hey, I really think I'm growing in patience right now, but I don't know that I'm really growing in love Mm -hmm. Uh, or I focus on growth in, in another area. And I think just for churches to recognize like we're comprised of people and we're broken people in, in need of grace, and we're constantly looking at what is it that God's calling us to in this season. And So I think um, what, what Scott's saying there about Ephesians 4, I think, applied to Frontline right now is, is us asking a question as a pastoral team is to go, we've lost something on the way that we used to engage the city and the way that we've engaged in evangelism and mission, mm-hmm. and that has to be recovered. Because we don't have a gospel, if it's not a gospel that's preached and proclaimed, the gospel is news, and so I think it's for us to recognize. You know what we've there's a there's a there's a part here where we've we've drifted, in uh, in doing ministry in the Bible Belt, doing ministry in this kind of a context, uh, it's just really easy for us to go into s- to subtle uh, consumerism, just give people what they want. And that's just not what the gospel says. That's not what the Bible calls us to as church. So that is that's really an area good. to pray for us as frontline. I think that we, we need to lean into. And then on my role in particular, um, we it's been fun to see these two guys and another guy go through our church planting residency to go plant. But these are guys that came from the outside of frontline to go through the residency to be sent out. And right now we're in the middle of having two of our own elders who have been elders at the church for a while going through the residency to be sent out. And so that feels like a next season, which is really encouraging, but also comes with some difficulty. Uh, in the fact that one of them is going to uh, Mumbai, India, uh, a smallish town of 23 and a half million people, in the people, uh, Sujith Jacob. And then we've got another one of our elders, Tim Kimberly, who's going back to his hometown in rural Iowa, a town of 500. And what's been fascinating is uh, trying to plant into radically different contexts than we are uh, located at Frontline. And so for me, uh, and it's not me alone, but I'm I'm leading some of our efforts there to try to figure out like, how do we do this well? Wow. How do we do this well? And I realize like, we're just, uh, this is above our pay grade. But the beauty is that it's not its not us who build Christ's church. It,
0: it's Jesus going to build his church. That's wonderful. Well, guys, what parting thoughts do you have? Anything else you want to share? Just did, did the Spirit lay something on you or something strike you that you want to share here before we kind of start uh, working toward finishing this up?
1: Besides the fact that we just
0: had the best Thai food Oh, In my, gosh. And oh my god. And we're
2: about to watch a Hallmark movie together. Man, Wait a minute. It's going to be so good. so good.
0: I didn't know we were going to do that, Can guys. I get an Uber <laughs> from Wichita to Oklahoma City right now? <laughs> get an Uber right <laughs> now. Guys, that was good Thai food, right? Oh, my god, That was, good. That yeah, was really so good. good. <laughs> you guys going to make it home? I wasn't going to come visit you again, but I think I will now. I will now. Just get The some no, food was
2: it's... excellent. The lady that ran the place was more <sighs> of a character. She was legit, wasn't she? Incredible. Next.
1: No, I think it's just, it's just, I love, what I loved about us ju- jumping in a car is to see uh, churches coming together to go, how do we grow together? And to, to realize that in the middle of that, it, there can be the focus on, on the churches as we as pastors have uh, an ability sometimes to keep focusing on what's happening in the churches that we lead. And, and what I love about what happens in those interactions when we talk about the churches is I grow as a, as a person, as mm. a disciple like I'm challenged and encouraged to grow as in my own walk with Jesus. And so it's, it's not a, it's not an either or. And so I, I'm just so grateful for this kind of a, a community um, yeah. where there's, there's pushing and challenging and encouraging and prayer for one another um, because man, we need it.
3: Really good. I would say uh, for the seed church to be praying for Christ central that uh, I mean, we have a strong burden at our church right now to see, uh people coming to faith like we want to see more and more people come to faith through the the work of our hands Mm -hmm. if the lord would allow it and so we just if people are listening to this right now if they would just pray for christ central church that we would be able to see people's lives changed by the gospel we want to see if lord willing we want to see fruit if the Lord would allow us to do that, like we want to see through the, the labors of our church, that the Lord would allow us to see some fruit, to see people's lives transformed. And uh, and I think it ties into that, uh, you know, at the end of that Ephesians 4 passage that we're talking about, where it talks about when each uh, part is working properly, it builds the body up in love, you know? And so I think our body is built up in love, our body grows when each part's working properly. So I think that ties it all together for us. We want to see people's lives transformed. I think part of that means our church has to walk in their gifts, yeah. and we just need a whole lot of prayer in that. Dude, we can, I think all of us can
0: amen if the Spirit yep. would just awaken more people right. to the glory and beauty of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Chad, anything for you, brother? We're praying for a, a, an
2: area of the city again where we've been praying for a specific one and we're starting to pray for this other area of the city for a gospel presence for just a a ascending of people like jeff was talking about of people that say jesus we ask that you would move in this area of the city so to stir hearts to move people not to put a Another church box up, but Mm -hmm. to put a movement of God in this area for his name and for his glory. So we are asking for God to to work in our hearts ours right there at the beginning of it, but for so many others to see this need for a great God.
0: Guys, it has been a huge pleasure to have all of you on the podcast today and I hope you guys have a super safe drive back to Oklahoma City after the Hallmark movie. Do it. Yeah, we, we're is. not missing that hallmark. Does it really movie. have what to be after? To come on, come on guys. Come on. We're gonna do it. Alright, thanks. Thanks, Ryan.